Listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm Erin Barton. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hello, Kate. Hey, Erin. How's it going? It is going great. You know what I realized? I don't. We always say hello to each other, but we never say hello to our listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Thanks. How are you doing today? <laughs> Thanks for joining. They can't answer back. It's it's more just for them to do some introspective thinking. True. True. So today we are going to talk about the very elusive, very stressful to work with, Bisbo, otherwise known as the Oof. for sale by owner. Wouldn't want to do that. No. You never know what you're going to get when you're an agent dealing with a for sale by owner. Yeah. I... I know that when we were buying a house, there was one house that was a FISBO that I wanted to look at, but we actually didn't get to look at it, and I think our agent was really okay with that. Well, you could have experienced what our what our colleague experienced when he went to purchase his for sale by owner, where he met the owner asleep on an air mattress in the middle of the living room when he showed up, which is kind of what you get when you're working with a FISBO. Super creepy. So... <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about what do you do when you come in contact with a FISBO, a real FISBO out in the wild. What do you do? <laughs> like the elusive Yeti. <laughs> exactly. Not just a cooler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, interestingly enough, according to a study done by NAR in 2016, 92% of home sales involved a listing agent. That's a pretty high percentage. It is. I think with good reason. Um, but that means that only 8% of transactions involved the mythical creatures known as FISBOs. Um, that same study found that roughly half of all FISBOs are going without an agent to save money. But the numbers say that may not be the best strategy for them. But that's a topic for a different day. And I think it varies. I think it, when the market is going really well, you see a lot more for sale by owners. They feel like they don't need an agent. When the market is struggling and the houses are sitting there, you, you see a lot more people reaching out for an agent. But if money isn't the sole reason that people sell their homes on their own or choose to sell their homes on their own, then what else is it? A lot of people don't trust real estate professionals, either because of bad experiences in their past or just a stereotype that agents are going to take advantage of them. That could potentially put you as an agent in a bad position to start if one side already distrusts you. So, I mean, it seems like you're already starting from behind, or an agent's already starting from behind when dealing with a FISBO. Um, And of course, we know that... um, it's beneficial to have real estate professionals involved in the transaction because of the knowledge that um, real estate professionals bring to the table. Um, But how can you interact with a for sale by owner to make sure the experience is as positive as possible for your client while also protecting your interests and ultimately your wallet too? Well, funny you should ask. (laughs) Tell me more, That was well-timed. Nice segue. (laughs) Virginia Realtors just released a new form. It's called the Residential One-Time Showing Agreement. Uh, That's form 415-415 for those of you who prefer numbers over words. That took a weird Sesame Street turn. Um, 
This clearly states, the form clearly states that the owner agrees to pay you as a broker a set commission percentage if your client and the owner ratify a contract within 90 days of the date that you execute the showing agreement. Clearly states that you as a broker can't show the property to any other buyers. Gotcha. And the seller doesn't have to sign the document, of course, but if the seller is willing to work with you, it provides a little bit of confidence that you would have had if the seller was represented. So you know you're not working for free, you're showing the property, and the seller's agreed to pay you if something's ratified. Gotcha. Always a good idea to lock in your compensation early. If you wait and then your client puts in an offer later, you could lose your negotiating leverage. And I think it's really important to remember that FISBOs do not go through the MLS uh, because the FISBO, the owner is typically not a real estate licensee, right? Um, and not a member of the MLS. And so then they aren't bound by the MLS's rules on compensation. And because they aren't realtors, they also aren't bound by the code of ethics. Um, because of that, they can definitely try to squeeze out your commission, which puts you at a disadvantage. For example, a seller could try to negotiate by saying that, saying that they received another offer, but they would consider your client's offer if you agree to reduce your commission. And while a seller can do this even if he is represented, the listing agent can't as it's expressly prohibited by the Code of Ethics. Obviously, you want your client to get the home that he or she wants, but you also want to get paid you're doing a job. So. Right. You're working hard. You have your own out-of-pocket costs when you're spending time with your clients. Exactly. Uh, if you don't get a signed buyer-brokerage agreement, uh, and remember, just as a friendly reminder, once you do real estate activity that requires a license, you actually are legally required to have one. So well, you're legally required to have one um when, when you're, you're having a substantive conversation right. about that property you're about to put in an offer that requires you don't need one to show estate, the property right. but judgment and discretion exactly um what should your plan of attack be as um as with just about everything we tell you your first step should be to consult your broker always a good Always a good hard line to take. Good starting point. Um, he or she might have specific rules about cutting commission, and you really don't want to uh, run afoul of those rules. Um, if your broker is okay with the reduced commission, you can ask your buyer if he or she will kick in the extra commission to get you back up to where um, you need to be. Um, but again, you know, that's why you really want to have that signed buyer brokerage agreement because then uh, if you need to gently or perhaps forcefully remind your buyer that you that they agreed to pay you um, X percent for the work that you're doing. Um, and if the seller won't meet that requirement, then the buyer is obligated to make up the difference. So that buyer brokerage agreement can really protect your interests and the work that you're putting into the job. Right. And you can also try and negotiate with the seller. So as uh, we mentioned earlier, in most cases, sellers are proceeding as FISBOs to try and save some cash. However, they may have no idea how complicated the process of selling a home could be. You can show them the value that you're bringing to the transaction. As we all know, when agents are working in a FISBO transaction, they're generally taking on a lot a more, more work for both sides. And that might loosen up the seller's purse strings just a bit. You can try to overwhelm them with the sheer amount of paperwork that's going to be coming their way, um, you know, all of the deadlines that they're going to have to keep track of, and, and they may end up giving in. If your buyer does not agree to contribute some extra money for your commission, you have a choice to make. 
do you want to take one for the team, get a reduced commission, um, you know, make that business decision, or do you want to terminate the relationship with your client? Neither one of these are necessarily good options, um, but again, business decision for you and your broker. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm no mathematician. Who is? Some people are, actually. Um, I guess that, that is true. <laughs> but uh, it seems like a smaller percentage of a sale is perhaps more money than a larger percent of no sale. A large percentage of zero is zero. You don't need to be a mathematician to know that. Look at, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron just spitting knowledge. Math <laughs> knowledge. Um, but you, you also need to keep in mind that often buyer's agents in FISBO's transactions end up doing a larger percentage of the work, you know, as we mentioned earlier. Um, you're going to be doing a lot more work in a transaction with the FISBO than if there was a listing agent involved. So is it worth having your time devalued just to get the transaction to the finish line? Again, that's kind of a business decision. And one way to avoid all of this is to set expectations at the outset of the transaction. Um, this is my favorite advice. Set expectations up front. Everyone will be happier through the end of the transaction. You should talk to your buyer. Make sure he or she knows how compensation works for you. If they're aware going in, it'll be less of a shock later or when they discover that they might need to chip in a little bit of extra money. And another good way to protect yourself and your buyers to execute a one-time showing agreement with the seller. This lays out all the compensation details in a neat package that can be cleared up before the deal gets too involved. Um, so, there Excellent. we go. And with that, let's take it to the legal hotline. So, um, my buyer found a FISBO through the internet and wants me to represent her. How do I make sure that I get paid without the MLS listing discussing compensation? Well, first, you should have, under Virginia law, a buyer brokerage agreement with your client that lists your compensation amount or percentage. And again, you don't need one if you're just showing properties, but in this scenario, the um, caller states that uh, the have been asked to represent the buyer. Mm -hmm. So in this case, you should have a buyer brokerage agreement that will lay all that out. If so, you need to make clear to your buyer that you're entitled to that money, whether it comes from the owner of the property or whether it comes from the buyer. And that could potentially motivate your buyer to look for a property where the owner is represented by a real estate professional. Uh, leaves it up to the buyer to make that choice. But more importantly, it sets expectations before any negotiations with the property owner might go haywire. Next question. If the property is a FISBO, do I have to tell the seller about the disclosures they have to make? Well, there are a few different disclosures that sellers must make in a transaction. Let's start with the federal lead-based paint disclosure. Getting real. Uh, the federal regulations state that any agent who receives compensation directly or indirectly must make sure the seller is aware of their obligation to provide the lead-based paint disclosure if it's applicable to the property. So with the FISBO, if the seller has agreed to provide any compensation to you, even if it's only $1, then you must provide them with the disclosure form and tell them of their obligations to disclose to the buyer. If the seller is not going to pay any part of your commission, then you have no obligation to inform them of the federal lead-based paint disclosure rules. Next, let's talk about the Residential Property Disclosure Act. 
While the law does not require you to tell the seller about their obligation under the RPDA, you do have an obligation as a buyer agent to tell your buyer about their rights and obligations under the chapter. The final set of typical disclosures in a transaction relate to the Condo or POA Act. The language regarding both of these is laid out in the contract and nothing further is required for the buyer agent to do. Final question. If the property is a FISBO, what can I do as a buyer agent? Well, the law specifically states that a buyer agent can provide ministerial acts for the seller unless it's prohibited in the buyer brokerage agreement. And ministerial acts include filling in the terms of the contract, basically filling in the blanks, not providing any information on advice uh, as to what those terms should be. So this means if the seller reaches out to you during the negotiation period and states they want to add, let's say, a rent back addendum, you'd be able to fill in the blanks on that form, but you couldn't suggest the terms to the seller or how they should lay that out. So how can you limit your risk as a buyer's agent working with the FISBO? First, make sure you have a buyer brokerage agreement with your client so that your total compensation is not up for debate at the outset of the relationship. Again, once you're providing your uh, real estate knowledge and discretion about a specific property, it's a legal requirement in Virginia. So hopefully we're not telling you something you don't know. And second, uh, make sure you execute a one-time showing agreement like our form 415 with the owner before you show the house. This will establish who pays what while you still have a good negotiating position. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates while we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for the personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2018. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License.